Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with a nine-year lawyer about the important topic, professionalism and executive presence. It is my pleasure to welcome Kristen Hernandez back to the show. Kristen is senior counsel for McDonald's Corporation, the world's leading global food service retailer with more than 36,000 locations globally, serving approximately 69 million customers in more than 100 countries each day. More than 80% of McDonald's restaurants worldwide are owned and operated by independent local businessmen and women. Kristen has been practicing law in-house at McDonald's since July of 2010. It is my pleasure to welcome Kristen back to the show. Thank you so much, Tina. I'm so happy to be back. And I'm thrilled to have you back too. So in our last episode, you walked us through some of the highlights of your professional life, as well as beginning our discussion on professionalism and how it's evolved and what it means today and how it intertwines with some other elements and things that we need to keep in mind in our professional workplace and in our professional trajectories. It seems like professionalism, as we discussed in our last segment, is a lot about striking a balance across a number of different things. You also mentioned emotional intelligence in our last segment. How do you balance things such as empathy and professionalism in your day-to-day life? Absolutely. I think that they are very strongly intertwined. And I think that in order to really be viewed and respected as a leader, you need to have kind of that strong personal brand that is filled with professionalism. But when I think about what it means to be a leader for me and what my leadership vision is, I think empathy is the the most important thing. And it's it's kind of number one. And this goes back to what we talked about in our last segment a little bit about how to connect with people, how to have the emotional intelligence to really be empathetic to your colleagues, but maintain a professional balance. And it has to do with connecting in a meaningful way and and really putting yourself in the shoes of that person from whatever their concerns are from a business standpoint. And so that's where we talked about oversharing and it's really kind of about the subject matter. You can be empathetic, you can be genuine, you can be helpful, and you should be all of those things as a leader when you're talking to your colleagues or people on your team about the challenges that they're facing with their practice with their clients. And it's really about keeping the subject matter to a certain level of professionalism and things that matter for your organization, but really taking the time to listen to people's concerns and put yourself in their shoes. And I think that we all have to remember that everyone is just a human and the human element 
of our business is just as important as anything else. And so really being self-aware, having honesty and integrity and kind of humility when you reach out to others that you work with and, and really taking the time to pause and say, well, just because I feel a certain way about something doesn't mean this is how this person is going to feel about it. And just kind of forcing yourself to make that time for others is really how you can be empathetic and become kind of a person that people can rely on and you can be more helpful if you can put yourself in the shoes of another and then really help them through those challenges, but really focusing on challenges that are not how someone's going to necessarily figure out their childcare for that day, but rather focusing on their business challenges and keeping the subject matter and the conversation to things about careers and the business. So how switching gears just slightly and and touching upon something that we covered a little bit in our last segment, you are a leader, you are incredibly professional, you are well-respected and well-liked by your colleagues, your career is evolving tremendously, you're on a very steep trajectory. How do you take a step back and look at your workplace, not just at McDonald's, but you know, when you look at other organizations, you look at ACC, for example, you look at what your friends and peers are doing in other places. How do you think people can take who they are as a leader and what they view as professionalism? How can they take those concepts and in, in, in a day-to-day way bridge differences across generations. As we discussed in our last segment, we are more than ever before in a truly multi-generational workforce. Some of the pundits say we have as many as four or five different generations that are currently represented in the legal profession and elsewhere. How do you take what you view to be professionalism and leadership and the qualities and characteristics you need and align align those concepts with how other people may view what those concepts are and how do you bridge whatever differences there may be? That's an amazing question. And thank you, first of all, for all of the compliments as you start out. I, I think that what I do, and, and I'm constantly trying to get better at this, is to really focus on, as I mentioned, using empathy and self-awareness and and really emotional intelligence to connect with people at an individual level, but on professional subjects to understand what their concerns are. And being aware and recognizing that generational differences are not something to be afraid of recognizing. It's just something that makes us different people. Um, I recently was at a conference put on by the LCLD, the Leadership Council on Legal Diversity, that had a really fascinating session about generational differences. And it had an an outside expert kind of walk through all of the generations that kind of just kicked off talking about all of the generations that are currently in the workforce and what happened contextually in the United States. So this is really kind of limited to the United States and what happened from a political standpoint, from an economic standpoint during their childhood and what shaped their views of the world and how they view business and how how they view professionalism and how they view hard work and, and education. And 
I would just encourage everyone to take some time to spend looking into appreciating the differences between these generations and understanding why each generation is the way they are. There, there's obviously a ton of information on this on the internet that, that you can look up, but it's about really thinking about it from the perspective, putting yourself in someone's shoes, being empathetic and saying, why is it that this person views professionalism and views work in a certain way and has a certain work ethic and expectation that's different from this other person? And why is it that this person feels that they deserve some sort of, you know, accommodations that other people don't necessarily think the same way? And so, trying to understand the impact and really then using that understanding to speak to those people that are in different generations um, in kind of their terms really gives you an advantage and lets you connect with them at a level where you understand them and you can then really shape your responses in an effective way. And it's about really just being empathetic and trying to approach it from a positive standpoint rather than being critical or judgmental or writing someone off for being different. That's not going to help you be successful. Very wise advice. And I completely concur with what you're saying. And it is really all about putting yourself in other people's shoes. And also, not just to figure out from a viewpoint standpoint, how they view the world, but also how they view you. And I think that is a critical part of it too, is really trying to figure out how is the world viewing you and what can you do differently to maybe improve things and to also figure out how people view you, you know, from, from the positive as well. Absolutely. And, and really using that to build your vision of your personal brand and what you want to be. And, and as I mentioned in our prior segment, really understanding who the people are in your organization, who are the leaders who have the ability to impact your career and how they view you and how you want them to view you is really important. I think a lot of this is just about being conscious and intentional about these things and realizing that they're just as important as being an effective lawyer and a good business partner. So looping back on the topic of executive presence and personal branding that we touched upon in the last segment, but you also just mentioned it again, you know, there's a contingent of folks that really believe that it's a critical part of who you are and who you evolve into as a professional, particularly when you talk about potential leadership roles today and down the road. There are others, though, that sort of roll their eyes when you mention the words personal branding and profile and executive presence. Let's take a couple of minutes to just talk about that and how one, and you know, and please draw from your own experience, how your personal brand has developed over time and what the importance is to you of executive presence and how somebody can develop their executive presence. Absolutely. You know, there are always going to be people that roll their eyes at everything. And that so is I true. Try not to focus. <laughs> I try not to focus on those individuals, but really just try to think about it in in a way that is more 
real, I guess. If, if the terminology seems a little like corporate speak when you're talking about personal brand and executive presence, really what what the meat is under that is how people view you and how you present yourself. And so really, it, I think that from, from my own personal experience, it's recognizing that every single interaction you have with everyone that you are connected to, whether it be in a professional organization or whether it be a colleague or a client, regardless of where you are, if you run into them at Costco or if you run into them in a meeting intentionally or unintentionally, really just remembering that if you are having a bad day and you show that side of you to someone that is in your business circle, they're going to remember that about you. And that's going to shape their impression of you. And it might not be intentional, but it is. We all have impressions of people. That is something that you can't deny. And so to the extent that you can try, and of course, no one's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. Everybody has stressful days. And there are days where I have left the office after being really stressed and maybe not being as friendly as I would like to be where I felt like, oh man, I really should have been nicer to that person when they asked me for help and didn't just kind of say, oh, I'm busy. I'll talk to you later. But but that's what it's about is just recognizing it, being self-aware and trying to continually improve and doing your best to be positive and helpful. I think that's what I mean by professionalism is really being positive and helpful and having a good attitude and not letting kind of personal woes or stresses or anxiety leak through. You almost have to put on a stronger face in order to be viewed as a leader and you kind of always have to have it together. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's important to recognize the value in that because you will feel that you're more attracted to leaders and people that seem to have it together. And I think that being able to control stress and anxiety and negative things in your personal life and being able to keep that in a separate kind of compartment and keep that for your close personal friends. You know, it's it's very important to me to have a balance in life and have really strong relationships. I think that's what I get the most personal satisfaction out of in my life is my relationships with others. As I mentioned, I I am a raging extrovert. So um, relationships with people, spending time with people is really my favorite thing to do. And so recognizing that there are people that are separate from your business life. And those are the people that you rely on for all of those personal things, your family, your close friends. And when you're with colleagues or in a professional setting, or if you run into a colleague in some other format, or if you're traveling for business with someone, you still just have to remember that this person is viewing you as you know, a lawyer or whatever professional you are, and that any interaction you have with them is going to color their judgment of you and their subconscious perception of your effectiveness at work. It, it just is. We can't help it. We're human. And so just being aware of that and managing that has been really important for me. I don't think I realized that when I started out my career, as I said, and, and I do have great close personal friends that I have met from, from McDonald's and And so really then learning that just because you're friendly and 
close with someone at work, finding that there are kind of different levels of closeness that you can have, but really anyone that you work with, you should just remember that they're going to view you as a colleague in some regard. And you have to remember that in any personal relationship is is the best you can do. I, I think that's great advice and is a great segue into my next question, which is, have you faced any challenges in your time at McDonald's and beyond in terms of maintaining professionalism and your personal brand? You mentioned that as you've gotten more seasoned as a lawyer, that you're more mindful now, uh, you know, these days that even, you know, you can have terrific relationships and friendships with people at work, but there's always got to be some type of separation. Are there any other challenges that you've personally faced in maintaining professionalism or your personal brand? Absolutely. I mean, I've been working for the most part with a group of people that I've known for nine years and that have seen me grow up and kind of live through a lot of personal change. And so changing their view of me now that I am more focused on professionalism. And when I started, I I wasn't. I was um, I, I was naive to the fact that it mattered. And I probably, I certainly was guilty of oversharing and becoming too close with people, not in a bad way, but just in a way that I, I showed the side of me that I probably shouldn't have showed to colleagues in terms of sharing about personal struggles and things going on in my life outside of work that colored their view of me. And I think kind of overcoming that without leaving my organization is something that is is definitely a huge challenge. And I think that changing someone's view of you is much, much harder than starting fresh. But I am up for the challenge. And I think that through consistent behavior and being now someone who doesn't overshare, for example, I can slowly change that perception and also recognizing that it's very easy for certain people. It's easy for me to get too comfortable in my work environment. And rather than thinking that I need to change my environment, I really am focusing on internalizing that and changing myself and challenging myself to be less comfortable, to remember that I need to be very serious and professional and kind of establish a new professional distance, which is harder when you kind of didn't have that focus for a very long time. But I think that's part of experience and developing as a professional and as a leader. And I I think that I am fortunately in an organization with good people who want all of us, everyone wants each other to succeed and people who will give me that chance to kind of build a new brand as a seasoned, serious, potential future leader rather than kind of a a, a younger, new junior attorney that really is just perhaps too friendly and spends too much time at the office. That's the other thing you have to balance is you spend so many hours with the people you work with, more time certainly than with with your family and friends, at least I do. And so remembering constantly that you have to be professional is hard. It, it's not easy. Behavior change is hard. Behavior change is a struggle. But my best approach, at least what I've figured out so far, is just 
trying to keep it top of mind is the best I can do. And just reflecting as much as I can, being self-aware and just not, not being overly critical of myself if, if I'm not perfect or if I don't do as well as I'd like to on a certain day and just trying to move forward and, and hope that we can all evolve together is, is my approach to, to facing those challenges. That's terrific. And I I would love your thoughts now, just switching gears a little bit to looking at your relationships and interactions with outside counsel, which I'm sure you have quite a bit given that you are in-house and have been your whole career. Taking the principles and the ideas that we've been discussing together for nearly an hour, what are the qualities and characteristics that you look for in the context of professionalism and executive presence? How do these concepts color your expectations of outside counsel? And do you have any anecdotes that you'd like to share with us, either people who really got it right or people who maybe missed the mark? Absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's it's very similar when you're working with outside counsel that you can establish relationships with people that you've worked with for years. So I've, I've got, I've got outside lawyers that I've worked with on a number of deals for years. And you see some very seasoned and experienced partners at law firms that start to become a little bit more comfortable and, and kind of lose a little bit of that deference. And I do find myself judging them a little bit when they're not responding in in a professional way or when things are are missed or sloppy and you think, well, I remember when we first started working together, you seemed to care a lot more. So I guess what I will say is that the same principles apply and, and that if I were aging an outside lawyer, whenever I do, I do expect sort of a deference and respect and, and just care to the work product and and to the relationship that that has to be professional, even if you've been working with someone for a very long time. I think that there there have been lawyers that I've worked with that disappointed me round two or round three of a project because they they seemed to be less interested in impressing me. And it's not about impressing me, but it's about the amount of time that I then had to spend fixing things or going back and and kind of managing work when I knew that they were capable of doing it. They weren't prioritizing my work because they felt that we had a better relationship. So I think it's very important to be professional and always give um, your clients the best product that you can. That's, That's very important. It's something I pride myself in with my clients. Even when I build strong relationships with them, I want them to know that they're a priority to me and and doing things is very important. Getting things done correctly is very important. So let's talk about what's next for you. You're nine years into your career. It's going really well. You do a lot of really meaningful work for the profession outside of your day-to-day job. What's next for you professionally? So that's always a that's always a good question. Something I'm always thinking about. I have been at McDonald's for the past nine years, and I am still loving it. I will say, very funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
truly, my role has evolved even so much in the past year. I have some really interesting new client groups and new challenges that I'm working on. So I think really my focus currently is to really rebuild my personal brand and develop a stronger executive and leadership presence and really be professional and even with people that have known me since I was 22 years old, really take that challenge on and, and help change their perspective of me and have them recognize that it's, it's, I have the opportunity to evolve and that I am a much different person today than I was nine years ago. And really just focus on being the best lawyer and business partner I can be and, and kind of opportunities to pursue leadership roles. Um, I'm very involved in different things that our legal department does, which we, we do so many great things. Um, I am involved in our diversity committee, which is Im- impressive, and, and we do a lot of meaningful work. I'm involved with the Association of Corporate Counsels Diversity Committee. I'm also the pillar lead with respect to career development for our professional growth committee. And so I'm really focusing on these things, professionalism, what we've been talking about today, and not only to help other people recognize it, because a lot of these things, I just really wish I had realized it sooner, but really practicing it myself and trying to get better every day, because just because I'm aware of it and recognize it doesn't mean that I've mastered um, how to effectuate that. And so I think recognizing it's a journey and building that, and I'm confident that it is within my control and that by doing that, I will be much better positioned and I will be viewed as someone who can take on additional leadership roles than if I didn't have this focus. So. Well, you're doing an amazing job and you've given our listeners amazing advice. You are wise beyond your years. Was just wondering as we get ready to sign off, is there any other advice that you would like to offer our listeners? Well, thank you again for for such nice compliments. I I guess my, my advice would just be just think about it. Just take the time to think about it. And for me, I like to write things down. Sometimes it helps me focus, but think about what it is that you want to have your personal brand be, what leadership means to you, what your career goals are. Just be intentional about it and focus on it. I wish I had recognized that that this was important sooner and reach out to those who inspire you, reach out to people that have those jobs that you want someday and ask them, how do they do it? And and really seek out genuine advice and perspectives because people are willing to help. People are truly good. And there are just so many resources that if you dedicate the time and energy towards it, you can really develop and, and master being a professional in your personal brand and use that to be successful and have whatever career you want. Great advice. Unfortunately, <laughs> our, our, our time is up. Where can our listeners find you if they would like to continue the conversation? Definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Kristen Hernandez. Kristen is spelled K-R-Y-S-T-I-N. Hernandez, H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Given the unique spelling of my first name, I should pop right up, but I am a senior counsel at McDonald's Corporation and you can connect with me on LinkedIn or send me a direct message. I mean, I'm happy to chat anytime. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to the next time that we're able to sit and chat some more. 
Thank you so much, Tina. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Kristen Hernandez and that you will join us next week. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.